When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back to Season 3 Pigeon Hockey. Uh, a participating member of the Hockey Podcast Network, where I don't claim to be a hockey expert, but simply an overzealous hockey fan that loves to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this podcast, a new version of our Pigeon Hockey podcast, which is called Goals Against Average, where we really just talk with and about other goalies and goalie stuff, whether that's the new pillows we acquired, the issues we deal with as goalies, or just when we're interviewing goalies. It's a it's a goalie-focused podcast of Goals Against Average, and uh, this is what this new podcast is all about. And on this first-ever edition of the Goals Against Average podcast from Pigeon Hockey, we want to welcome back our special guests, Fabian Pizzera, who used to play for the Fresno Monsters, and Antonio Tarantino, who used to play for the Vernal Oilers. Welcome back, boys. Thanks, thanks a lot. No, thanks for jumping on. So we're going to start right off with used twos. You guys used to play for your previous used PHL teams, but you've aged out and you've moved on. So let's start with you, Tino. You have committed. Tell our listeners where you've committed to. Yeah, so uh, next year I'm going to be going to UMass Boston. Recently came up, uh, probably a month and a half ago, the coaches contacted me and they did see me throughout the year and they were kind of in a unique situation where they had to start their recruiting later than most teams would want to, which, I mean, luckily for me, I kind of, you know, I kind of got lucky a little bit, but at the same time, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity and, you know, I'm very excited and pumped to be going to a to a school that has a pretty pretty prestigious division three school and that has a good reputation so i'm definitely excited to say the least no that's amazing congratulations i saw the news drop officially i think vernal dropped the information what two weeks ago two three weeks ago was it yeah 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 so congratulations big commitment and it is boston so you know, oh, yeah. I have one of the few American cities I haven't been to, but really? I've heard a lot of really, yeah, it's, I haven't heard, you know, haven't been there, but I've heard a lot of really great things about Boston and obviously the UMass program is very well known. Um, so uh, really, really big signing there and uh, huge congratulations. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. No, that, that that's big news. And so Fabian, you have potentially some where you're currently at news. Why don't you tell our listeners about it? Yeah, uh, I mean, a situation has come up for me back at home, which gives me the chance to get my foot into pro hockey and uh, the men's team in my region here. So it's 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 really exciting to get it started. I'll probably start off with the first division team as one of their 
not one of their as their practice goalie as a third string goaltender to uh, help them out in practices and get games underneath me in the league below that. So I'm just really excited to get my foot into pro hockey, level up and see where things take me, where hockey takes me and where the next destination after that might be. But I'm just ready to to show myself to prove what I'm capable of doing and make a name for myself also back home. No, that's that's awesome news as well. And that's a, that's the a thing with goaltending as well. You when when the, when you guys go pro, and I've seen a couple of players go pro recently. We had um, Tino, one of your your captain, went pro down in the FPHL this past season, and uh, we've also had uh, I think Scott Vanderhoff from Rogue Valley. I think he's just announced that he's gone pro in Germany. Mm. And uh, when you look at the rosters for these teams and you guys are joining these teams as 21 year olds, uh, the rosters of these teams, uh, very mature. Uh, we're talking well into their early forties. You're talking a lot of guys in their yeah. late twenties, early thirties. And, and you really do realize, man, it is a, uh, you're that you're entering the pro leagues. You're entering, you know, men's full on hockey and, yeah, and especially as goalies, the, the limited spots on, on pro teams to try to get a goalie uh, position and just be able to make even that third string as a 21-year-old and, you know, have that opportunity to prove yourself over the well over the course of several months, over the course of the year and, and preceding years, that you can compete with these guys. Yeah, because I mean, it's, uh, it's, a tough, it's a tough setting here. Uh, I mean – both the teams have signed, uh, have national team goaltenders. I mean, the first league, <laughs> we have Thanks. we have one of the three national team goaltenders here that also has played in the uh, men's world championship this year, and he's he's not a set number one. So there's an Italian guy that plays for them who's been outstanding for the past couple of years, did the jump with them from the second league into the first, and then you come down into the second league. With which is the team that I'm supposed to get some playing time with if everything works out. And they just signed, I think like a few days ago, a uh, year 2000, if I'm not mistaken. And he used to play for the national team, had also games for the men's national team. So the challenge is there, um, but I'm definitely looking forward to learning from them. I mean, obviously, coming from the States, no one knows what I'm capable of. No one knows off me. That was the big struggle that I've had coming back home and trying to reach out with teams and getting contact with them. No one has any idea of what the USPHL is. So it's it's hard for them to recruit, especially in the goaltender situation where they don't know what they get. So I'm ready for the challenge to get through the rough to the rough again and show them what I got. And then hopefully in a few years when the other goaltenders might get a little bit too old or have a few back problems too much. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> and have a bigger role on the team. But if, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. But also if you look at a development standpoint, you have pretty much unlimited resources from where you're to where you're going. So if, if, if you look at things on like how you want to develop as a goalie, you're, you're in a very, very good spot right now. So exactly. that's to you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Like that is one thing I'm looking forward to probably the most is learning from those older goaltenders that have a lot of experience nationally and internationally. 
So it's going to be a big learning year for me. Switching from juniors to pro to like men's hockey in general is a big jump. So I'll have to switch up my game style a little bit. And like Tino just said, like that's going to be really, really helpful having so many experienced goaltenders around me that I can learn from. So that's going to be an exciting year for me. It sounds like you both are heading towards really exciting years uh, with, with Tino heading off to UMass and you potentially playing some pro level hockey there back in Austria. It's going to be exciting to see where you guys go. And that's where we are. Unfortunately, on this podcast, we end up losing track of so many players we follow in the past because once they move on to college or, or pro hockey, that's not really what we cover too much on this podcast. So we'll keep, we'll keep dragging you boys back for different things throughout, throughout your, uh, throughout your progression and your hockey careers. And, uh, you know, you can, you can kind of tell the tales for future generations because I think we're going to try to get um, one of the players we had, one of the original players we had, and, of course, Tino, you'll know him quite well, Jack Jones. We're going to try to drag him back mm-hmm. on here about his first year of college hockey, what that was like with Weber State. And I think it's important for, for players to be able to hear that stuff and then talk about different different collegiate programs, talk to some of these higher-level Tier 2, Tier 1 programs, college programs. And, uh, and, and kind of get players prepped for potentially what's next. Because uh, we do get a lot of questions on this podcast, not so much about that moving on to that level, but we do get a lot of questions. And, and Fabian, you kind of tapped into this going to play in uh, North America for so many years. Is understanding each other's junior hockey development schemes uh, is a nice way to put it? Because for me, living here now in Denmark – for the last several years and just trying to understand the Swedish and Danish systems, it's not, it, it, it takes some real research for me to understand. Like I understand North American hockey, put me in Canada and I still can understand how the league operates, how things work and get the general flow of it with Danish and Swedish hockey. It's very, very different. And so we do get questions from European parents about, Hey, like, this is something that we weren't quite expecting. What do you think? And then uh, opposite direction, players that are interested in coming to Europe to go play hockey and, and actually seeking out junior hockey opportunities, not North America, and what that could mean for them and the progression of their career. And it really just depends on the player. You know, what do they want out of their hockey career? What experiences do they want playing junior hockey? And I think that's where that's where they can develop in a way that's best for them. And so – you know, you being kind of coaching staffs in, in Austria and, and, and kind of trying to figure out who you are when you're coming back home can be a challenge. But we have plenty of video if, if anybody wants to reach out. Uh, we have plenty of video on both of you. <laughs> so, um, and I think that's a little bit, I think, um, when, when I think, what is it, Instat, which is a big thing a lot of the college and, and junior hockey programs utilize and pro hockey programs where they can pull up player shifts. The problem with goalies is you can't pull up a goalie shift. You have to watch the game. You Mm, have to watch the whole game to understand a goalie, to understand their tendencies. And you can't just watch one game, two games, because you're not really getting a good sense of the goalie. Uh, Actually, I'd say that's probably with any player. You need at least five or six games on a player to really understand the general consistencies with the player strengths and weaknesses. And, uh, yeah, with goalies, it's – little bit tougher you have to watch the full game and i think that's why it's 
such a niche in terms of like uh, goalie coaches and and such and yeah, I think it was again Joe Exter out of Michigan State University. If anyone listens to the Neutral Zone podcast, that basically said when he when he left college hockey because of his injury. I think he was playing pro hockey with his injury. I can't one hundred percent remember. You know, he he didn't want to be slated as a goalie coach. He wanted to be an assistant coach so he could work his way up. He's like, yeah, it was being a goalie coach wasn't exactly a sexy thing, and now it's a sexy thing. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah it's to have to have the skill set because if you can develop the goalie, I'm sorry. I, I, if I'm building a team, I'm building it from the net out. I don't care. Like if you don't have a strong goalie, your team doesn't have the confidence of that player. Everything else just kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. So it's it's goals against average from pigeon hockey. So we're always going to pump up ourselves because we're goalies. And honestly, it's the best position in all of sports. And and now let's talk some NHL stuff, guys. So I know you listeners are hearing this probably the day after the NHL draft. So you're going to probably think some of our ideas were dumb because they're like well gibson got traded to buffalo how do you not know that because we don't because it's june 28th and we're currently recording this around 8 p.m central european standard time or 11 a.m pacific time so the draft doesn't happen for what is it is it 7 p.m eastern something like but big trades will drop if it's anything like last year it'll be exciting and uh boys i want to get your takes on maybe where we see some of these players going what could be a good fit uh, just a few minutes of fun here with the NHL trade deadline. And guys, you also have the screen I have up here. But before we continue talking NHL, let's talk about today's sponsor, and that's going to be DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sports app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game, opt-in required, max bet $50. 10 plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. But yeah, boys, so tonight uh, is the NHL entry draft. And, and for you listeners, obviously it was last night. So, you know, be kind with us on any big trades that happen. But we just like projecting and this is the this is the fun part of this time of year is just trying to think who could be slated where and such. But um, but Fabian, first of all, you actually have somebody you want to mention here that uh, is actually really, really high up in the NHL draft projections. Yeah, it's it's always cool seeing play, uh, people who grew up playing with uh, on, those, on those spots uh, with David Reinbacher. I think, like you mentioned, he's projected fifth right now. Um, the latest projection. It's crazy. Also, last year with uh, Vincent Rora, he got drafted by the Canadians. So it's always crazy to see 
kids that you grow up playing with getting drafted, you're really excited for them. So I really hope that it goes well for him. I grew up playing with his brother, actually, his older brother, and then on the road played a little bit with him, but not too much because then he went to Switzerland, ripping it up in in the national A. I think he was like top two defender in the, the top the top league in Switzerland as a 17, 18 year old. It's unreal what that kid what that kid can offer to on the table. And uh, last I think it was last year, or the year before that. We had the national uh, team camp, and I saw him in person there. And what that kid does on the ice is unreal. And even what he did in the men's worlds this year, I was really glad that that hit he got against Sweden didn't injure him too much. So he was still good for the draft and is 100% fit. But hopefully everything goes well for him tonight, obviously, for listeners yesterday. Uh, But, yeah, I'm excited where he's going to end up. Hopefully – somewhere where he can show what he's got and do good. Well, it sounds like that's going to happen because uh, according to this article, he is widely seen as the best defender in this class. Not surprising. It's going to go pretty high, it looks like. So it's going to be – but that's the fun thing about the draft is uh, these teams are going to make moves. Uh, I know that obviously the first pick is off the table. Uh, Nobody's given up Bedard. Uh, So I think this draft kind of starts at the second. I think in other years past, you kind of wonder who might go first. It might be between two players this year. Everyone knows it's Connor Bedard and he's going to Chicago. So it kind of makes a second pick and beyond the interesting picks and who's going to try to trade up and who's going to make moves to try to get different players. And I mean, I don't know. I think hopefully as exciting as last year's draft was because there were some pretty big moves. Um, yeah. made during last year's draft and it was actually really entertaining for the first time in a long time so i'm interested to see what some of these teams do and now goalies uh not necessarily maybe on on the draft prospects here unless anybody's kind of aware of some of these goalies in the draft but like nhl goalies and there's there's some rumors of different players moving and i'll, I'll try to pull up some of these instagram pages that I follow, and it's going to be interesting to see where some of these guys end up. And I'm okay, like Hellebuck. And this is Hellebuck a big one. Too. So, yeah. who do you think? Okay, so boys, if if Hellebuck's not staying Winnipeg, which he's not going to, where do you think he goes? Who who could obviously a lot of teams could use Hellebuck, but who do you see being the best fit? If you could pick a team that you think would be the best fit for Connor Hellebuck, who really needs this goaltending right now to take their team? To the, I would say Halibuck is, they said he's faced the most shots in the National Hockey League over the last several years. And he's still got a hell of a, you know, goals against average and a save percentage. And who could really utilize Halibuck at a price point of nine and a half million, uh, which they assume his next contract would be? I, Who's, I, yeah. would, I would start by asking which, which playoff team this year kind of got knocked out not typically due to goaltending but could have used better goaltending in the playoffs like are there any teams that stick out like that and i feel like those are the teams that might target hellebuck because hellebuck's quality i don't think he's gonna he's not gonna go to a rebuilding team he's like he might go to a team that fringe team that might make the playoffs might not but i think i'm really set in stone on a team that's solidified themselves in the playoffs the past few years 
and really need that backbone to get them through. That's I feel like those are the teams that are going to want to target him. I mean, I think this might be a uh, this might be a little hot take, and I might even get a little bit hate for it. But Dallas could use him. Okay. Really, they even have, hotter. I I really believe they could use him. I mean, they have Ottinger. Don't get me wrong, kid is amazing, but he cannot carry the whole team for the whole season. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they've had Wedgwood as a backup. Yeah, and. Uh, I just don't. I just don't know if they can go with the same duo again. If you have, if you have Hellebug and Ottinger, I mean, uh, that's that would just be an unreal duo of two goaltenders, of course, with different styles. But I think Hellebuck brings the experience with them that Ottinger doesn't have yet. I think that might be that might be something to look at. I think yeah, and I think those kind of duos of having more than one capable goalie of who's like willing to start is becoming more often because nowadays the game is so fast and it's you know a goalie can take 50 60 games in a regular season but by the time they make the playoffs you know they're depending on how far the team goes you know you have to play an extra you know an extra series or two depending on how far you make it so like, if you look at Vegas and you had Brassois, who started the playoffs, then then Hill came in. They had Quick getting scratched and on the bench. So you basically have three goalies who are capable of playing in the playoffs. And and then Hill, all of a sudden, he pretty much popped up out of nowhere and played unbelievable in the playoffs. And then, obviously, you know, it resulted in winning the Stanley Cup. So I feel like having these duos that you know you have more than one goalie who's deemed a starter and you kind of just rotate or or rotate the game time or however the team wants to do it but just I feel like relying in today's game and age like I feel like relying on one goalie would be a would be a lot on that one guy it's tough I mean Tino you know having many games in one season like we've played three games in a, on a weekend if you have two oh, of those yeah. if you have two of those games on a weekend and it might even be back to back like i just remember the one weekend against vegas we had a saturday night sunday morning game the saturday night game went into overtime and you had maybe six and a half hours of sleep and you had to go again like i just mm-hmm. you know that going back to back so many times and obviously the nhl has almost like doubled the games that we had in the usp this year it's un, in my opinion, it's undoable f- to go with one starter. Like Tino said, like you need that duo where both goaltenders are reliable to carry the team to a playoff run. That's just how today's game has developed. Even if you look at Soros and the Predators, theor- theoretically, if they would have made the playoffs, you would still have Sor- like Soros recently has been taking sixty games a season. That's just his quality and what he can do. But if, if Nashville would have made the playoffs this year, that's four or, or let's see, four to seven is one series. Like that's extra, extra games getting put on him. And there's not much of a break between the regular season and the playoffs. So that's just, you have one day break. Yeah, exactly. So it's, 
I mean, if you think of it in that way too, it's like this, this like duo kind of makes more and more sense the way, the more you talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's maybe where goaltending is like, like you guys are mentioning here. I think that's where goaltending is heading. And you can see that in, in a lot of the junior leagues now moving up into, uh, you know, leagues as, uh, like college and, and in the pros. And I think maybe back kind of when I was playing goalie, um, you, you weren't going to have a Schneider Luongo situation. I mean, it, it was Schneider Luongo in Vancouver. That was it. it. You weren't going with both goalies. That was unheard of. And it kind of imploded on the team. And within two years, they didn't have either goalie. And then you, you, you fast forward to like, you know, the Vegas golden Knights having both Leonard and, and flurry. And, what a dangerous combination that was. And, and it's the progression we've taken to get there in order to realize with the demands of the NHL season and, and a lot of hockey seasons, having a 1A, 1B is far more useful to the team overall than what kind of has been traditional up into, I say, in the last few years. Because up until the last few years ago, there's a starter and a backup. And that's what most teams had. And we've kind of progressed now to a 1A, 1B situation. And because it's it's more important for the team, like you said, to have two qualified. Plus, there's enough goalies out there that are that good that you don't have to you don't have to choose a starter. That's that's a tricky thing. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the areas and we'll probably quickly skip past a uh, Hellebuck here again, because uh, obviously Jersey's one of the teams that's eyeing him down and I feel like that one makes a lot of sense and that one, I don't want that to happen because as a Sabres fan I don't want to have to go into Jersey with the team they just built with the re-signing of Meyer uh, just how dangerous they were with all those young incredible players and then who was in net for them a lot this year it wasn't Kincaid was it who was the big it guy was that kind of came Vanichuk. yeah Vanichuk was their starter and but then playoffs came around and i think they had this young guy come in which all that also leads into akira schmidt i think his name is yeah schmidt there it is schmidt yeah so he he came in in the playoffs uh, towards the end of that ranger series and i think he kind of took over a little bit so i mean even if you think of things like that that could lead to mckenzie blackwood's trade also i think a lot of these, well, yeah, because they're they're freeing up those positions, right? So when you look at, I mean, I know that Hellebuck's also been rumored to even be Buffalo being one of the teams that's looking at him. And of course, we have the longest playoff drought of any professional sports team right now, which is horrifying. But uh, clearly, with the writing on the wall, this team is going to be scary good. And with a with a goalie already like Devin Levi in that, um, I'm wondering what a team like Buffalo might consider in terms of, you know, not putting all the pressure right now on the guy that literally just left college last year. Um, yeah. But yeah. rather like Ukapeka Lukanen a great goalie. I think he needs a change of scenery and he will probably be at the, unless we, we make a move for Halibut, will probably be the one, a one B situation in Buffalo next year is UPL and Levi. Kind of same where the rest of that goes, but I think that if the team's looking to try to get someone like Halibut under contract, I don't necessarily think as a Sabres fan. I like Halibut a lot, and he would be an incredible 
an incredible asset to Buffalo, but looking at everybody that Buffalo needs to sign moving forward in the couple years that'll follow, I I don't know where his contract would fit uh, with, with the players. I feel like we're going to have to look into the future to lock in. So this is not me hating on Halibut as a Sabres fan. It's, I don't see where he fits in our long-term plans. Uh, I, I'm very comfortable riding the Levi UPL train. We're already a young team and they've gotten this far together. Uh, with a couple mature pieces in there right now, like Akposo and Gergensen's, you know, and Tuck. And I, I'm, I'm really excited where the team's going. So I don't think Buffalo needs Halibut in, in that realm. And so I think Gibson might be a great place for us to kind of wrap up this kind of conjecture of where goalies might go. Because Gibby doesn't look like he's staying in Anaheim. And again, trying to find another team much like a Halibut that, I think you said it, Tino. I don't think Halbuck's going to a rebuilder. I think he's going to want to go on to a team that has content. You know, it's going to be actual contenders. Uh, where do you guys potentially see a really good fit for Gibby? Hmm. Well, that's a tough one. Let me, yeah, it is tough. Let me pull up. Yeah, I'm at the pull up his information, too. I know he's one of those goalies that uh, I think he's just – he needs a change of scenery out of Anaheim. And I look at a team like Edmonton. Um, I know they got some, you know, <sighs> my other prediction was very accurate. And I'm disappointed by it, but they've got, who is it now? Skinner in net. And I think yep. a Skinner Gibby combo with how dangerous Edmonton already is. I think Gibby could be the, he could be the edge that gives Edmonton that final run to a Stanley cup because yeah. Uh, I, I don't know Toronto. I, I don't think Toronto can afford him, and I don't think Toronto's going to. I think Toronto's very happy, maybe right now with Samsonov. He had a hell of a year. Uh, again, another great prediction by me. I make a lot of bad predictions, but we're just going to bypass all of those. <laughs> and uh, I'd say that Gibson could be a really good fit in Edmonton. I think he would fit that lineup, that goalie duo, him and Skinner, because he'd be the mature goalie that can actually lead that team. And Skinner can be the guy who continues to develop, be that 1B in the scenario, and eventually become that 1A as Gibson gets older. Yeah, I, think I, really, that could be- I, actually, I actually really like that fit, too, because if you think of Campbell, too, like, I mean, people have mixed opinions on how he played this year, but in my opinion only, I think he's sort of on his way out, to put it nicely. Yes, I'm with So, him. yeah, and to have Skinner, who pretty much started playoffs for them, he kind of, as a young goaltender, he kind of proved himself, I would say. I mean, for them to find a, a replacement for at least Campbell and even a guy like Gibson to come in and maybe take more games than Skinner, but not too much, still have like that kind of, 50-50 split a little bit and kind of have yeah. one of those two guys take on the playoffs you know it's like speaking if they make it next year but that yeah that does seem like I feel like that would be a good fit for Gibson as well yeah I think he just needs that change I think Edmonton Edmonton screwed a lot of things up in their rebuild. You know, it was, it was very nice of the NHL to award them Connor McDavid when he should have been a Buffalo Sabre, but I'm not going <laughs> to And I think that I really feel that if they're going to do this right and they've been putting together the right pieces, and I think if they – again, they're so gifted 
defensively speaking, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They need the complementary pieces to that. And you can put the puck in the net all day, but if you can't keep the puck out of the net, you're not going to win a cup. And Edmonton, what did they bounce? Second round this year? I I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to think who is who did uh Vegas beat, eliminate to make the finals. They beat the Kings though, right? They they made it first round and then Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they were a second round exit and it was a pretty I, if I'm not incorrect, I think it was pretty dismal. I think they just got – and this could age really bad. Everyone's – I've got some Edmonton fan out there right now losing it because uh, I'm not sure how their season ended. But I just remember kind of like fading away. It just – yeah, it, they just couldn't seem to do it. Played them. Vegas just outplayed them. Like that was the thing with Edmonton that Vegas just played the better hockey overall, but I think Edmonton was one of their tougher opponents in this playoff run um, just because of their offensive. Like, their players, obviously the, the duo with Dreisaitl and McDavid is unreal, and to stop them, that's, that's a hard job. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it was the, – the, the teams that made the finals – had the goaltending that was off the charts, which again is how you win a cup. I don't, I don't yeah. care what people say about goal scorers that they're not winning you cups. You know, they can help. They really can. But the teams that made the finals this year, again, were because of just incredible goaltending performances. I mean, Bob's was playing on another level. It was ridiculous. I mean, he returned to Vez in the form in the playoffs and I think he needed that. And I, so did the Florida Panthers. I will say that I think once they lost Kachuk, that was the heart and soul of that team, and it just imploded from yeah. there. But um, Bob's was playing out of his mind to give Florida the confidence to get to the finals again. And Aiden Hill, I mean, I don't know what else you can say about that. Uh, I know that um, Hill apparently copied both uh, you, Fabian, and, and Braden Baxter this year with that save that has gone viral since because – he must uh, have seen you, it. He, he must be watching a lot of Pigeon Hill <laughs> podcast highlights. Shout out to Aiden Hill. West Coast, right? <laughs> the other way. Because <laughs> uh, both, again, Fabian, both you and Braden Baxter, who's playing with Bellingham this year, both made that save. And um, listeners, you should be seeing those saves pop up here if they haven't popped up already. Definitely both on your individual highlight reels. But, no, it's just – it just he was playing i truthfully couldn't have told you who aiden hill was heading into the playoffs i couldn't i'm not going to lie i had no idea now a lot of people out there did but i didn't big part uh san jose if i'm not mistaken he was with yeah. san jose yeah arizona and then san jose right yeah yeah i was surprised that he took over the the playoffs to be honest with them trading for quick. Honestly, I thought yeah. that they were going to go with that quick Braza, uh, um duo. But all of a sudden, Hill came out of nowhere, played unreal. I mean, he played good all year. I was fortunate enough to watch him get warmed up for one of the team practices during the showcase with his mm-hmm. goalie coach where they just did some individual work. And that was that was really cool to watch. And then watch him play the way he did. It's just unreal. Like he came basically, like we all said, out of nowhere 
didn't have a big role in San Jose and coming to Vegas, getting that um, job, it's like we talked about Levi, like it's either a hop or a flop. Like you either perform out of your mind or you can't withstand the pressure and he'll just performed out of his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. He was, uh, they were at the lifeguard arena a lot. Cause we did, we, we did watch them warm up a lot over there at lifeguard when, uh, cause they would be, they'd be warming up on, I don't know what rink it was. The rink we weren't playing on or you guys, I wasn't playing. I wish I was playing. Uh, yeah. but the rink that you guys were playing on in, in Vegas, they would be practicing at the, the alternative rink inside lifeguard and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's always interesting as goalies to watch those goalie drills and see how the different goalie uh, exercises roll through. And, yeah, it was, it's a good memory there that, uh, you know, I don't know, getting old sucks, guys. Stay young. But, um, you know, <laughs> but uh, it, it was cool to be at Vegas and see all the – honestly, what a sick setup. Again, congratulations, Golden Knights fans and most of the Golden Knights players and uh, on, on their Stanley Cup victory. Uh, but uh, this boys might be a perfect place to wrap this up. So again, on this episode, we want to thank our special guests, the previous USPHL premier goalies, Antonio Tarantino of the Vernal Oilers and Fabian Pizarro of the Lake Tahoe Lakers for jumping on with us again today. Thanks a lot for having us again. And it's always fun to talk hockey with you and appreciate the invite back. Yeah, it was great times. No, guys, thanks for jumping on. And uh, we were going to make this a really interesting podcast, having one in Austria, one in Copenhagen, one in Arizona, and one in uh, Chinese Taipei. But uh, we lost Brody Hishao at the last second due to time constraints and it being 1.30 in the morning in Chinese Taipei. So, you know, <laughs> those are the time constraints. It's going to be me struggling watching the. But I would have hopped off there too, I think. <laughs> he said i realized the time change now and no i i'm i am not going to be alert i'm like yep no problem <laughs> I, was, I was surprised but i'm like you guys are young staying up till three or four o'clock in the morning sometimes when i see receive messages from you guys and i'm like what time is it where you are right now it's not like three o'clock in the morning then i remember what i was like when i was 21 so. you think it might be that way i'm i'm dead at 10 p.m you can find me in my bed at 10 30 the latest yeah seriously Oh, if my job didn't run so late, I would be I would be crashed out too. So I'm hoping I have enough energy in me today to find a way to watch the NHL draft and, and try to find a way to stream it over here in Denmark. But uh, I don't. I, I try to stay up for the USPHL NCDC draft, and uh, the calming voices of the Dan K show put me out by uh, the fifth pick. So <laughs> I did not survive. <laughs> but uh, well, age, but yeah, age is getting on us all. That that it is. But you guys are ridiculously still young enjoy every minute of it and for you listeners out there you enjoy every minute of it as well and again thank you for listening in be sure to follow us on twitter phh official to let us know what you think as well as instagram at phh podcast and on tiktok pigeonhole hockey podcast this is the pigeonhole hockey podcast with your host chris and remember listeners always clear crease